Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. Today, we are without Bradley. He is at the Minnesota Organics Conference. Not something he can miss. Understandable, disappointing. But that does mean you are stuck with the gruesome twosome today. Oh, yeah. So uh, today, uh, I'm still on paternity leave. Everything's going fine. Uh, She's teething. So that's... That's challenging and not napping super well, but we're working our way through it. Probably another short episode today, uh, as I'm not supposed to be working at all anyway. Well, a short episode, but an important one, I think, and one that's going to have a lot of relevance very, very soon. So I think it's a good thing that we are talking about. So in some past episodes, we have covered... um, some various changes and and guideline changes for antibiotic use. This is following up to the veterinary feed directive in insert year here. Um, and an important part of of both the veterinary feed directive and now that um, antibiotics are not going to be available over the counter the way they used to be, is you need to have a VCPR otherwise known as a veterinary client-patient relationship. Now, obviously, we have somebody here who is an expert in that, Dr. Joe, and somebody here who doesn't know a ton about VCPRs and what that really means, me. So we're just going to kind of dive in. The the first question, I mean, yes, I know VCPR means veterinary client-patient relationship, But what really is that? What does that relationship mean? What does having an established VCPR mean uh, for for a producer, Joe? Really, it's an agreement. It's an agreement between a veterinarian and a producer or a client. And it's not with an individual. Usually it's with a clinic. Uh, And it's an agreement that goes both ways, right? So the, the veterinarian is agreeing to certain things and acknowledging uh, that they know about your operation and can make decisions based on what they know and it's going to be correct and they're going to be available for follow-up and and the the tricky part of the vcpr conversation is that it changes from state to state so each state is a little different that's something for vets to keep track of if they are working in different states what does a vcpr really mean in the different states in minnesota it's pretty clear you know the farm well enough to make clinical judgments about animals and you have you know basically general knowledge enough to be able to to do that or provide protocols that allow the farmer to make decisions and you're available for follow up like i said and continued questions or care or treatment of those animals you're maintaining patient records in some way if that's uh part of the deal if you tr- if the veterinarian is there actually treating an animal they have records of the treatment itself on the client side, the client is is really you're agreeing that this person or this veterinarian, this clinic is the veterinarian of record for your farm. You agree to keep records and follow veterinarian instructions. Uh, that that's really what the agreement is about. It's a it's a working relationship. Sometimes it's formalized in a document, and I think that we're moving more and more towards that because there's a lot of programs out there, especially on the dairy side of things 
where they want a formalized written document for this. Uh, and, and that's what we're moving towards a lot. And we're seeing a lot more private practitioners and clinics move to having a, a signed document that both parties sign that agrees to what I just said, all of these things. And there's, there's a lot of more intricacies to it, but that's the the overview. Yeah. And, and to me, it sounds a lot like having a primary care physician, you know, on the human health side, you know, I, I have the main doctor I see, but I'm a patient of that clinic. So if my doctor is not available, you know, I can see another doctor there. They can pull up my chart. They can still, you know, provide me care. Um, and, and so I kind of think of it that way and, and really importantly too, uh, you know, I take some medications. That's how I get those prescriptions, um, you know, is, is from my main clinic. So again, if, if my doctor is out, um, you know, another doctor there can, can send a prescription refill. And so I think that that's a really important piece here to think about that, that prescribing power, because that is something people are going to need uh, with these upcoming guideline changes on antibiotics. Um, so I know, again, we've, we've done an episode about this, but Joe, do you want to give like the 30 second rundown on, on what the, you know, when those guideline changes are happening or if they already happened, I can't remember just the quick 30 second overview. Yeah, so uh, we did cover this, and if you want to go back and listen, it's episode 140, talking about over-the-counter antibiotics and how they are going away. That's going to be happening in June 2023, so this year, uh, coming up fast. So all over-the-counter antibiotics are going away, all of them. If you used to get stuff at Fleet Farm or anywhere else like that, not going to be available. No penicillin, no Oxytet, no sulfa, nothing. You're going to need to have a relationship with a veterinarian to be able to get those medications because they are going to be prescription. So this this whole VCPR thing becomes more and more important, and you need to take care of it now. Getting a VCPR on record will save you hassle later when everyone's trying to get one in June when all of a sudden they can't get antibiotics that they want. I think the big misconception with the the things that I hear, at least as far as like questions regarding what what does all this mean? It, it doesn't mean that a veterinarian has to be there to see the exact animal that's getting treated every time. It, it, that's not what it means. It means that the veterinarian has to be there one to two times a year to overview your system, go everything over everything with you, establish protocols for the use of these antibiotics. So that when they prescribe them, they are comfortable that they're going to be used properly. So it doesn't mean that you have to call the veterinarian for every animal that needs to be treated. They don't even have to have ever seen that animal ever. Uh, it just means that they need to know your system, trust that the protocols are going to be followed, and that uh, these antibiotics are going to be used in a responsible manner. Like, for example, you know, on a dairy farm, uh, you know, you have high somatic cell counts and maybe you've done a culture with your veterinarian, you know, and so they they know what it is, right? They know you have a, a staph aureus issue, right? And so, yeah, if you have a, a just fresh cow and, you know, a little bit into her lactation, she comes down with staph aureus, you need to treat her. For your veterinarian, they already know that that's something you've treated for in the past. You know, they already know that that's something that you are actively, you know, treating for or or dealing with on your farm. 
And so, yeah, I think that that's a really important thing, Joe. But with that, what you said too, that doesn't mean you can just call a vet clinic and go, hey, can I have a VCPR with you so you can fill my scripts? You know, there there is some some upkeep, some maintenance to a VCPR, like Joe said. You do need to have a vet out there, you know, somewhat regularly, once or twice a year. If you don't have a VCPR right now, you are going to have to have an initial visit. You know, a vet is going to have to come out to your farm. But then again, then it's just kind of that maintenance piece, you know, keeping them in the loop, having them out every six months. That is is really all it takes. You know, that might not sound super simple, but with the change in the guidelines, they're still trying to make these drugs accessible to people, right? And and so it's not taking away access. It's just regulating access a little more. That's what we're looking at here. But Joe, my next big question, well, I guess it's it's kind of, there's two questions that oppose each other, right? So the first question is, how do I know if I have a VCPR? Can I just ask my vet? In most cases, it, like I said, it's not required to be written down. But in general, a VCPR is a dedicated visit that is not an emergency. That That's very clear for most clinics. I can't and I don't want to talk about your system and all your cows at two in the morning while I'm trying to do a C-section. I want to spend some time to get to know your system so that if you have a question or if there is a problem, I can answer that and provide a solution that actually is going to work rather than trying to fit in some generic answer to to your system that may or may not work. That's the reasoning behind it. And you will know because most clinics are documenting it. So you will have a you should have a copy of your VCPR form, the date, so you know when it expires. It's a dedicated visit once a year. It can happen when you're already seeing the vet anyway for preg check or any something else, but it needs to be dedicated time to make sure that you walk through your system so the vet is aware of what's going on. So knowing you should be able to ask your clinic if you have one and if it's up to date, but you also, in most cases, will now have it documented in your records that you have one. That leads to the next question, which part of it's a little obvious, right? You know, there there are people out there that that don't, you know, maybe have a lot of animals, so they don't really use regular veterinary work. You know, they don't have a clinic. They there's probably people that know they don't have VCPRs. But I'm thinking of um, okay, I'm gonna use my brother as an example, just just to make it easier. This isn't necessarily a true story, right? So my brother raises some beef cattle on uh, our family's dairy farm. And these are cattle. They are all raised for slaughter. He only buys steers. So they're all, you know, terminal animals. So he doesn't really have regular vet work that gets done, you know, because he's just raising them, feeding them, butchering them, done. But, you know, one one time there, there was a steer that had some sort of issue, say pink eye, right? Well, obviously you want to get pink eye under control, so my brother calls the vet. A vet comes out, treats the pink eye, what have you. That doesn't necessarily constitute a VCPR, right? And so I guess my question for you, Joe, is, is if you are a producer that kind of has that like, oh, I've called this clinic. They've done a couple, you know, emergency things for me or what have you, you know, or this is the vet I take my dog into to get their rabies shot, something like that. Is that a matter of, 
you know, just contacting a vet clinic, especially if you have maybe worked with them once or twice and, and asking if they can take you on. How does that work if you're not really sure if you have a VCPR or you're not really sure where to start with that? Yeah, and I guess it comes down to each producer and how they want to manage it um, and how the veterinarian is going to manage it. I don't want to put anybody on on the veterinary side on the spot either as far as how they're going to handle it. But uh, if you want to have things on hand, then, yeah, you have to reach out to, to a veterinarian and get that taken care of in that situation. Uh, hypothetical situation, you can ask um, when you call in and say, hey, I've got an animal with pink eye. I don't have anything on hand. I need it treated. Can can you make sure that when you schedule someone to come out and treat it and look at it, that we also update my VCPR? That, that's kind of how we did it when I was in practice. We're more than happy as long as we know up front that it's going to be something where we sit down for it doesn't have to be long if you don't have many animals, but um, it can be really helpful. Let's say if you have a feedlot like that to know how many animals you're getting in, what weight they are when you get them in, what time of year, when you sell, where you sell them to, what you feed, all those kind of things. Because then if you do need something, I don't have to ask all those extra questions. I don't have to come out and see your place again to make sure everything's going well. But yeah, we just need to know usually ahead of time that we, that it is a VCPR visit as well. So um, some clinics are probably going to be potentially a little more lax on it. And to say, yeah, if I've been there in the last year and I know the system, then we, we have valve VCPR, but that's going to be up to each veterinarian. I would suggest everyone reach out ahead of time. I think that's really going to be the, the way to go, especially if you're in an area where potentially there's, uh, a lack of access to a veterinarian. And there's lots of things that, that, that I mean, that's going to become an issue with this, with this and, and with over the counter antibiotics going away. But I think that's episode 137, where we talk about what to do if you are in, a, in an area where there's a little bit of a access issue to a veterinarian, because I think uh, it's going to bring a lot of this to head when people need uh, a vet and they might not have one right down the road. Yeah, you know, Joe, and I think that's an important thing, too, is if you have a vet, you know, one you regularly work with, whatever, just give them a call and check. As as producers, we need to do our due diligence on this as well, you know, and, and we can never just assume, especially with things like this. And so, and yeah, like you said earlier, too, you know, get on this now. Um, you know, this is coming in June, and we know it's been coming and it's not going to be a situation where people get kind of grandfathered in and, oh, you know, it's it's June 2023. So, yeah, you know, have those conversations. Or if you do have regular herd health checks, you can even just say to your vet when they're out, like, hey, you know, I know those antibiotic changes are coming in June. Is is everything good on our end with BCPR and that? And most likely they're going to say, yeah, nope, that's good. And they might go, oh, actually, our clinic wants to get these in writing now. So here's a thing for you to sign. You know, just ask. And and that's just kind of Emily's personal philosophy in life. You know, just ask so that you know for sure it, there's no guesswork. All right, Joe, is is there anything else on on VCPRs that you think it's it's important for people to know, especially as we barrel towards June? I think the the key is that VCPRs, need to be in place. You need to have a veterinarian of record that handles 
almost everything and can prescribe and knows your system well. Now, that doesn't mean that no other veterinarian could ever come to your farm. That's not what it means. There's ways to be a little more creative with it. And if you want to have someone do your regular, like repro work, preg checks, do most of that kind of thing and have someone else handle emergencies, that's fine. But you're going to have to know that for most things, you're going to have one vet that does most of the prescribing, sets up protocols, does all these things. It just it doesn't mean that you're tied to only that vet clinic. So it's good to keep that in mind as well, because things change, not everything works out, but you need to have a primary clinic that knows enough about your place to be able to make recommendations and prescribe these medications. And then they have to have faith in you as a producer to follow the instructions and protocols and use things in a responsible manner. Yeah, this is definitely a two-way relationship. I think we've hit that point home. Yeah, uh, and I but... I guess the only other thing I'll say when I talk to producers is it's kind of an awkward conversation to have sometimes, but I think it's really important to have a conversation right away about what the relationship is going to be, especially in areas like northern Minnesota where vets are spread really far apart, some producers are spread really far apart. But if you have that that conversation and get it out of the way, break the ice, get get over how awkward it is and say, hey, I'm more than happy to talk to you on the phone, answer questions. I know your system well enough. I've been here once a year. I'm going to be able to do this, this, and this. And, and I will do my best to be there for emergencies, but it's going to be a while. You're going to have to wait. That's going to save so much strife later on if everyone's really upfront and clear. And I think Almost every producer I've ever talked to, as long as you're clear and everyone's honest about what they want out of the relationship and what's possible, everything is fine. And, and I think there, there's a lot that can be done just by having that conversation right away. And it can prevent so many headaches and frustration later on. But just be really, really open and honest about what each side of this relationship expects and what's possible and reasonable and find some way to compromise on everything to make it work. Yeah, that's some really great advice there, Joe. Do you have anything else or should we wrap it? Let's wrap it there. I'm, I am talked out for today. All right. So we are going to wrap it there. If you have questions, comments, or skating rebuttals about today's episode, you can email those to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can also call and leave us a voicemail with your questions, comments, and skating rebuttals, or questions you would like to have answered on a future episode of The Moose Room by calling 612-624-3610. You can find us on Twitter at UMN Moose Room and online at extension.umn.edu. That is the Gruesome Twosome signing out. Bye. Bye.